What software do you record? Say that again. What software do you use? Does, it, does Skype straight record it? Yeah, yeah, Skype. Yeah, Skype records it. So at the end of it, it'll um, it'll just uh, send me a file, and I will do what I do with it later. Which I still got to get up my last episode, episode nine, because because we had recorded it through Skype and it was the first one that I had done. Um, well, actually, that's a lie. We had done the other ones through video. We I I had done one of the episodes, like episode eight, through uh, on Skype as well. But I ended up just using the audio. But then for episode nine, the last one, we used I used the video. But then be, all this shit started happening, and I became more you know cons- you know trying to be more considerate of showing people's faces or whatever. Um, so I took them down and then reposted the clips, but I haven't reposted the full episode, so I got to make sure I repost the full episode before I start reposting this shit, which probably won't be for like a week or so. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Oh, you, you can clip this on the record. One reason I can't stir my face, I will take a shit at least one point there in this podcast and take my <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I mean, you could always cut out the video at that point anyway, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going half in. Apple. I'm either not going to show my face or I'm showing my face and then, like, whatever happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is episode 10. It's all relative podcast. Why am I doing like a... F- yeah, it's episode 10 of It's All Relative Podcast. And, yeah, we're just going to get to it. So we was already just having a little chat before just to get warmed up to get the, get the uh, vocal cords shit warmed up and uh my guest he actually hit me up saying that he had some topics that he wanted to talk about so um we'll actually just go ahead and start on those things and then just kind of you know go you know just kind of jump around the topics as we move along from there so you just want to pick like pick like one of the ones i, I told you about yeah okay um i guess i kind of like, like this too from not having to actually make the list myself because I usually end up making a list of a bunch of fucking subjects of stuff I want to talk about. So I kind of like not having the burden right now. So I want to talk about, I guess, like kind of being a a white boy from the South, essentially, especially in today's society, how we're, I guess we're going into like what the definition of heritage is versus like how the people talk about heritage, not hate ordeal. Right. Mm -hmm. With, me, it's like, this all ties into Colin Kaepernick going on down the line, too, but it's like, I'm proud of being American. Yes, I am. But I'm also one of those people that, however I'm proud to be an American, I realize they're not, the country is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I'm proud of being trailer park trash, but I know there are crackheads running around, you know? <laughs> like, it's one of those things, how I'm saying, like, you know, being proud to be an American, but I realize there are numerous issues, you know. Right. It's saying, like, oh, there's absolutely, we're the greatest country in the world. No, we're not. It's right. like, oh, we are flawless, everything new. No, we're not, but I'm proud of where I came from versus, like, my heritage ordeal coming up from just being an American. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what I want to touch at, how kind of like people were talking about how all of de-racing my heritage, not say mm-hmm. mine, put quotes around it, around Right. That. Of like the the statues falling stuff like that. Yeah, oh yeah. And my thing is, there there are two things. One where people talk about how the Civil War wasn't about slavery, but it's a little bit over around there. It made me think of an, an analogy. <laughs> the Nazis did a lot more besides kill people. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
you know, but unless you like like military history like myself and you study these things, you're not going to know what else they did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They did was killed Jews, you know, essentially uh, Jewish people. So not even just Jews, you know, Roma people, you know, different types of I mean, I mean, they I mean, they basically looked I mean, really Hitler's whole thing was that like. The Germans, even amongst Europeans, they were the superior ones, which is why, you know, they were trying to run through France and run through, um, you know, all those other smaller countries that they, you know, invaded Poland and whatnot. You know, yeah. they just saw, they saw themselves as the the superior ones amongst all mankind. Yeah, 100%. And so, like, when people talk about, you know, the Southern Heritage ordeal, I want to be like, yeah, well, you know, the Nazis, they, uh, <laughs> World War II wasn't just about killing everybody. <laughs> But, you know, like you and I both know, that was a big ordeal, much like with South, the big ordeal was slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it talked about, like, people bringing down, like, the statues and stuff, I thought to myself, what exactly is my heritage, being, a, being from North Carolina, being from the South, you know, and yeah. going up around Confederate monuments. Do you have your phone next to your computer or other types of electronics? I keep hearing this, like, intermittent, like, hissing or... And shit. I think it's just fun. It was not charging. Oh, okay, okay. Better? Uh, we'll see. We'll see as it goes along. But uh, continue what you were saying? Yeah, so, um, so basically it's one of those things to where, you know, growing up in the South, we've always run like Civil War history, stuff like that. I was talking to, to a relative of mine. Mm-hmm. And and like, well, they're trying to race my heritage. I was like, what heritage? I was like, <laughs> because, and I'm not, I hear it too. I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, but, yeah. you know, and I'm not trying to say heritage isn't there because there's heritage for everything, you know, mm-hmm. history. Well, it's one of those things I was like, when I was a kid, I never went and saw Confederate monuments. Mm-hmm. Like, I never got brought to anything. Like, I saw Stone Mountain as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. But I never got, like, taken to statues. I was never showed, like, a real big history of them. Mm-hmm. And was, to me, my heritage, I don't even look at Southern southern heritage ordeal as, you know, really my history. Because I'm, like, I'm Scottish, German, and Russian. And, like, just pretty much all those fucking countries over there combined. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, my, to my grandparents, I know on my mom's side, came from Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, they met here. My dad's my dad's side is German, so mm-hmm. to me that is my definition of heritage because I've actually looked into these things and because mm-hmm. my comes from that area. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. But the thing, yeah, and the thing is, is that like you know, and 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 this just kind of touches on how fluid and you know the term, you know intersectional identities are. And how, you know what I'm saying, how uh, varied they can be. Because like you said, while genetically you can trace your heritage to that, I mean, are there any particular cultural practices that you engage in that, that people would actually identify as like carrying on like the cultural heritage or performance of, of being from those particular backgrounds? Honestly, not really. Um, if, I, if I had to pick something, mm-hmm. I was, I am... I'm a very, I'm a spiritual person, so I have to say, like, Wiccan and Pagan, mm-hmm. but it's not enough of my family practice, like, my mom practice it, mm-hmm. it comes from, like, from where our roots are in Scotland and Ireland, those, 
religious, not really religious, but practices of Wiccan and paganism mm-hmm. on that area. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I identify with as my heritage today. Mm-hmm. I don't think Southern. Uh, I occasionally like country music. <laughs> the food's all right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so to me that's just kind of like so when you talk about heritage and not hate it's like what fucking heritage especially yeah when it's yeah because the, th- the thing is you get to choose yeah. which things you want to identify with or which things you want to prop up and then it's like if you say that oh it's just what you know came before me or it's just what my parents it's, just, it's like you gotta ask okay why are your parents supporting this shit or why are your grandparents supporting this stuff or like who started this stuff you know, yeah. uh, you know, they they want to, you know, people who who make that argument, oh, you're erasing our heritage and, and and whatnot. But it's like, wait a minute, why is it that you need to have this symbol of something yeah. representing your shit if you know that this thing is true or if you know that this thing, you know, exists or has value or whatever? Because in other places, you know, like in in Germany and shit, they don't have any statues dedicated to like anybody part of like the Nazi regimes and shit. It's like y'all were the fucking traitors. They just you know try to get rid of them. But the, yeah. the but 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 they teach plenty of that history right. in their in their in their culture and in their schools and shit, you know, to the point where um you go out in public and and throw up a Sig Hail or say Hail Hitler or anything like that, you're going to fucking jail. No questions asked. You can't even fucking joke about it. Yeah. And, and so it's one of the things to where, like, because I do love art uh, in general. Um, I love all types of art, even art, even art that that talks about negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't agree with destroying statues or destroying anything art of history. Mm-hmm. I think it should be put up in a museum, much like the Holocaust Museum. Um, mm-hmm. And and because the Holocaust Museum isn't just about the Holocaust, there's mm-hmm. all Nazi stuff in there. Because I'm a firm believer that history is bound to repeat itself. You can't, like, if you don't study it, same shit will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's just also, because it is interesting to look at, these these statues took time to build. Um, and should it be out in public for people to willy-nilly go see? Mm-hmm. I'm personally indifferent on it because it doesn't affect me the same way as someone else does. Mm-hmm. Do I look at it as erasing my heritage? Absolutely not. I right. Think I think it should be put in museums, much like anything art-wise, you know, because yeah. like, like I said, they, they got a, a museum of death. They have torture museums. Like, there's there's a museum for everything. Yeah. It's, well, I think the point to make about that is, is that, yeah, is that, well, the thing is, the reason why museums exist in shit is just because they become points of interest for people. People just like to go see the shit. It's like why people go like to go see you know, mausoleums or, like, you know, mummies and shit. It's like, we like to just gaze at certain shit just because, for whatever reason, we find different things aesthetic, you know, uh, uh, more pleasing to look at or listen to or, you know, kind of ponder. I just saw something about uh, a city in Mexico where they have a famous tourist spot of people who uh, were mummified. Um, Say that again? I know what you're talking about. The mummies of Guada, Guada, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in, but in any case, yeah, I mean, it's just spectacles. Like you know, people just enjoy looking at stuff. So so in terms of like how I feel about like the statues and everything is like obviously I don't feel, um, you know, I don't have any attachment to the to the to these fucking statues and stuff, especially given the context in which they were erected. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of them were erected during like the civil rights movement and during like 
the time when, you know, t- long after the Civil War was already done, um, because it was just a, it was just to snub people um, who were fighting for more social justice and social awareness. You know, so to me, I'm like, I'm okay with them completely destroying the fucking statues, um, and they don't even have to put it in a museum. They can just put up like a picture or something, or just like a poster or whatever the fucking just be like, yeah, this thing existed, but we don't even want to have it around anymore. You know, because yeah. you know, to me, the memory, the memory, the you know, you being able to see it, the memory will still be there, the information will still be there, um, but I don't want to create a spot for people who still believe in that shit to go and see it or to go and like create it as like a worshiping place you know or like a beacon yeah well like with me and my thoughts on it i don't believe it's a place of like worshiping or idolizing at all it's because but people do that but people do that though like with fucking you know serial killers and shit motherfuckers send them love letters and and you know want to become one of them or get you know well yes but also the thing is too where it's like that's just that's like a serial killer who's in jail ordeal but mm-hmm. when it comes to, like, my thing is much like the uh, the Holocaust Museum, stuff like that, mm-hmm. that from someone who's, like, who've been, because who, I went to a very liberal art school, as you know, mm-hmm. that the reason why a lot of these things are in museums is because a lot of people don't necessarily look at what they are, but look at, like, the techniques behind making them. So they, they study them that way. So it's a lot more than just the context of what it stood for. Right. It, it's, like, the making the process of it. But also... I just don't really see any racists going, like, or, because generally uh, Nazis and Klan members are low-income, low-life, stupid people, and mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to try to go somewhere to further their education. Well, it's not so much that they're going there as, a, as you know, for their education. They're go- you know about, um, Mus- you know how Mussolini still has a, a formal grave site and everything in Italy, the former yeah. dictator? And how people continue, and how the neo-fascists that have survived and shit, who still believe in that, they flock to that. It's kind of become like a mecca for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Like to me, I'm like, they should have fucking burned his body and shit, or sent or put or threw him in the fucking ocean. You know what I'm saying? Um, like have no have no place. Like yeah, because they'll create a vigil or whatever the fuck. But I don't want there to be like any formal place for them to be like, yeah, you know, if you're a neo-fascist in the year, whatever the fuck, you can, you know come here and congregate with your like-minded peoples. I'm like, nah, I'm like, I'm like, get rid of that. I'm like, fuck that shit. It's like, y'all, it's, it's that, 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 yeah, make it, you know, like, yeah, I'm not saying like, oh, burn all texts of it or, or, you know, make it illegal to get in society or really hard to get. What I'm saying, we aren't going to prop it up. We're not going to make it readily available. So if you are a person that wants to learn about that shit, it is going to have to be like either in an academic setting or you really are just interested in learning more about this and that. You know, it's going to be in the pursuit of greater understanding overall. Like how exactly I said it, because it's not... Want to say, say, say that again, say that again. That, that's exactly what I mean. It's like exactly how you said it. It's oh. like an art museum mm-hmm. or something where it's like the context of it is set completely differently, much like how the Holocaust Museum is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be one of those things where it's like, if you want to learn about it, if you're interested just in world history in general... Mm-hmm. Then you then you come here. That's where you have like the curator jobs and stuff like that. It wouldn't be anything where it's like idolizing it. Like well, you, well, yeah. well the thing you got to remember is that is that we can't always be too quick. We shouldn't be too quick to just dismiss. Like, oh yeah. Like like yeah, they're gonna be like the motherfuckers who are out sig hailing and getting the fucking swastikas in their fucking head and and doing all the posturing and shit. Yeah, they they tend to be lower because they don't understand the importance of stealthing. Um, yeah. 
and what and whatnot. They just live real blatantly and open. But there's more sophisticated. There's plenty of sophisticated fucking Nazis, you know, saying fascists and shit who don't ever have to give a sign. They don't ever have to play into the performance and shit. But they hold those views, and so they can go and see the stuff. And they and the thing is, they tend not to be. They tend not to be into those um, more formal religious practices. Um, but like, like you keep up with my posts and everything, and I'll be posting about like updates on like these boogaloo people and these fascists and these Nazis and all these different you know sub movements like that. And some of them are pretty well educated, and some of them do you know what I'm saying use like I mean look at the Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Like like Tucker Carlson is the most sophisticated fucking fascist um, that I know of in mainstream media. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens, so to speak. I mean, dude, everything that's already happened has been interesting as fuck. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. this this whole, I mean, we're six months in, because, like, the whole corona, with, like, the corona thing, that was, like, since, like, January, February, so. And, well, you know, go yeah. ahead. I was telling my brother, man, you can tell me Godzilla's come out of the ocean, I believe it. Yeah, exa- it's like, yeah, you can tell me anything, and I'm just like, eh. I'm like, all right, whatever, like. You know, after a while, you just got to accept the fact that maybe the time I have to be living in is when shit goes to hell, and that's Dude. just and that's just what ha- and that's just what it is. You know, none of us gets to you know it just is what it is. Yeah, kind of kind of going on to it because I feel like we're rambling a little bit, but like going on to like a uh, not really one of my topics, but something crazy. Talk about just shit happens right now. Mm-hmm. Going into conspiracy theories because you know how I'm big in that shit. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit, but there was one thing to where I read, like I kind of firmly believe it. I don't know. Kind of firmly believe it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the how it plays out. Uh, if it's right, then I believe it. If it's wrong, I don't believe it. Uh, but <laughs> well, the thing is, if you're not sure, then you shouldn't. You know, well, go, but go ahead. But go ahead. I mean, I know my, I know my lane. Uh, <laughs> nah, so like, there's a whole thing where like, um. They were talking about how, like, did did the world really end in, like, 2012 ordeal? <laughs> this is just a simulation? Well, not that, but there's the, the Buddhist theory, like, because that's the whole Buddhist religion, a simulation theory. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. But uh, it is very interesting. But, so... I thought that was, like, Baudrillard. Uh, there, there's a few religions that practice simulation theory. But well, Baudrillard, well, Baudrillard was like a, one of them French postmodernists, uh, yeah. philosophers and shit, and he and he was like he explained it from a different perspective. Yeah. But I mean, I, I get the I get the concept though. I know I know what you mean. So there's a thing to where after 2012, people said that time went on faster. You know, like time just felt quicker. Mm-hmm. In a sense, yeah. How, when a lot of people talk about the best times of their years. Some of the best times is like 2010, 2011, or like really good years for people. Um, it's like emotional-wise, mental-wise, like that. But then after 2012, the world just slowly started getting more and more chaotic. So they talked about how Stephen Hawking discovered, or was around when he discovered like the God particle, mm-hmm. which um, essentially is a particle that created the Big Bang, mm-hmm. you know. And so then they're talking about, like, quantum physics and, like, uh, uh, shit, that theory, like, linear time and all that stuff. Yeah. But he was talking about if the God particle activated, they're like, they don't really know what would happen. 
because mm-hmm. how also with the Mayan calendar as well, with all the leap years and stuff like that, it still ended around the 2012 aspect or around now or something like that. No, it yeah. ended like around this time. Uh, the 2020 is when the Mayan calendar technically ends with all the leap <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but without about the God particle aspect, which is actually like, you know, a science thing, um, to where, you know, how like scientists study black holes, but no one really knows what happens if a black hole opens up, like if you get sucked in. Right. A lot of that stuff is still like theoretical, you know, yeah. that's, that's, you know. Yeah. But the fact is like black holes exist, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's you're talking about is that if the God particle did go off mm-hmm. and created a sense of Big Bang. And to where, if we got sucked in to the black hole, we wouldn't have really known. Mm. Because there's no telling if we did or didn't. Um, and they're like, what if we did, and this is just kind of the chaos theory ordeal. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like it, it's funny to think about, but these are like also scientists that like, like Stephen Hawking, it's like that, like, there's no proof to back it up, but there are proof that these particles exist. But they're so dangerous and deadly. Right. I mean, that's the, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, you got to watch that leap in logic because, you know, like, I, like it's, because it's one thing to be like, well, you know, there's not really anything to explain this thing, but we also know about this other thing already existing that's a part of it. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's, look, it's, sometimes we make the mistake of, of making a connection between two things that are actually unrelated or thinking that certain parts represent the whole or vice versa when, when oftentimes shit doesn't operate the same at an individual or, or particle level in the same way that it does at a grander scale. Um, but, but, really, but really the whole thing about like, oh, the world falling apart since like 2012 and that's why everything's like this, that's re- really that's a very American-centric point of view because things have been fucked up in other countries for decades, sometimes centuries. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, that's you know? why like this one there's like things are just not really like they're kind of related but not really but it, it kind of goes to where a lot of people talk about how like paranormal like the paranormal aspects to where um there's a lot of stories and folklore about how the dead isn't necessarily like dead if they're on a different mm-hmm. time, like a different plane right aspect so it's almost like if you go into the chaos theory if the god particle did go off and we got then it's like that we get put on a different plane. Mm-hmm. In a sense, um, it's one of those things where it's like it's interesting to talk about and like mm-hmm. yeah, laugh at it. But the fact that there's like a lot of scientists that are high up there who are like, we have no proof that like it happens. Yeah, die if we try practicing it. Mm-hmm. What is? Yeah, like- I mean, I mean, this is the thing where you gotta, um, and this is where we have to realize that a lot of science exists as theories or just philosophies and shit you know um and that until you test them because the thing is just as there have been plenty of people's theories that were proven when we have better technology or better processes or you know whatever the fuck um the vast majority of ideas even in the field of science are disproven or shown to be um not the not the full explanation for a situation for something happening so it's like you know because, yeah, I know what you're talking about, like astrophysics and theoretical physics and talking about, like, oh, you know, like when, when, like one of the bigger things was, like, oh, string theory, um, you know, finding the connection between things at all levels of existence. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, 
stuff just fundamentally acts different at a macro scale than it does at a micro scale. And, you, you know, but motherfuckers still want to, um, you know, plenty of renowned scientists. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what Neil deGrasse Tyson has said on it, but I'm like, as smart and as brilliant as that motherfucker is, I mean, a lot of times he treats the physics and shit like his own religion. You know, a lot, a lot of these motherfuckers, they treat it as they, they just take every speculation they have and say, well, I got this education because my, pro- my mental processes work like this. Then, you know, they always make this illusion that whatever, you know what I'm saying, whatever fucking word vomit happens to come out of their mouth about a subject has, you know, a level of gravity to it, even though there has been no scientific, you know, there has been no actual scientific rigor uh, to, 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 to discover if there's any merit to it. Well, that goes into what I've said. Like, we've heard me jokingly say about it, but at the same time, I'm not really joking about how <laughs> more than just what you believe spiritually. Say that again? Like, religion can be more than what you... Like, when I... Religion can be more than, like, a spiritual aspect. Like, when I say, oh, yeah, you vote or you're, pol- or you're political, that's not my religion. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm joking about it, but much like how scientists talk about, like, it's their religion, mm-hmm. like, there's plenty of people who, who heavily practice politics who are, like that same way but mm-hmm. you know the, the reason why I read all the theories like that is because you know I'm a film major mm-hmm. so I'm constantly trying to do like horror scenarios that's mm-hmm. wild shit man <laughs> just kind of to like that noise well, yeah because well it helps me writing wise I'm trying to get like a good scary story mm-hmm. no look I mean I mean uh, uh, I'm wearing a Rick and Morty shirt right now and Rick and Morty is a show that you know, dabbles in all of these theoretical things, and it's like, yeah, it's good to have a laugh, and and you know, it's it's fun to experiment with those different thought processes and, and wondering, you know, wondering what if and how things could be different. Um, you know, like, to like, me, go ahead. Like he ruins the entire economic uh, system for that all the Ricks. He just sets their up to zero. Yeah. Wait, was it Ricks or was it some other? Wasn't it some other type of creature? No, it was. No, 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 no. It was. Yeah, it was that Rick. That Rick and yeah. that Rick fucking world. Yeah. Reality. No, yeah, but the, but the thing is, and and what's kind of funny is that it was also poking fun at our at our actual economic shit because it is also just it's just zeros and ones in a fucking computer and none of this shit means anything. It didn't mean anything when it was yeah. as it's printed on bills. It didn't mean anything when it was printed on coins. Um. You know, it's like none none of it is real. It's a it's a it's a symbol. That we use to conduct uh, things in a certain system. Well, that's one of those things too, where it's like uh, I think we had this conversation at one point to where does, is the money in your bank account actually there? No, of course not. We already know. I mean, that's not. Yeah. We already know yeah, that. And it's like you know, much like a twenty dollar bill to me, like like let's you know just like taking a lot of reality out of here as well. But it's like, say you give me twenty bucks or something, I could say. That's not worth twenty bucks to me. That's like that monetary value is nothing. So because literally, like you said, all it is is like a faith and like a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, it's backed. Well, the thing is, the 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 reason why we use it is because it gets backed up by a central authority yeah. that is like, yeah, that says, yeah, that decrees, yeah, this is what's going to be used to conduct transactions to help yeah. you know maintain you know this system. Yeah. Um, you know, simple well, as that. Yeah, like it, it is simple, but it's just it's really crazy to where like if you know for some odd reason this goes into like you know like so a bunch of the movies I watch like horror aspects like that. Mm-hmm. I always talk about like how 
art translates what people think of society or deal. Um, whereas, like, in the Apocalypse movie, it's like, when that thing that gives, like, the money power is just disappeared, mm-hmm. it's still worth anything. It, it's, it's... I'm also stoned right now. Oh, I am too. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I but I mean, I always am. You're not usually stoned. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, no, I mean, I mean, once again, I mean, these are these are you know, it's once again, it's fun to uh, you know think about this shit and wonder. It's like what's really holding these things together, and it's like really the thing that I've kind of come to because the thing that I've kind of come to is that just because things operate as a symbol or things operate as a performance doesn't mean they're doesn't mean that they're doesn't mean that there's no value in that. Like, we need, like, there, like, like, whatever we call it, whatever we refer to it as, there has to be some means of conducting transactions for goods and services that people want and can provide based on what it is that they can offer in return. Yeah. And, and so it's like you can say on one hand, well, yeah, money is just real. It's not real. It's, okay, but how else are we supposed to fucking do this? Because we tried to have a gold standard and shit, right, and actually price it to the actual amount of gold. But when you yeah. price it, but when you price it to the actual existence, the finite amount of something, it fucks up your whole economy. Yeah. When one particular group happens to find a new source of it, or if you discover that the the the, the sources that you did have were not, um, um, you know, really thorough, or if somebody manages to hoard all of them, that completely fucks up the economies. Yeah. Well, you know, you- so it's so it's like working with them as zeros and ones. On one hand, it's like yeah, it makes it more quote unquote symbolic but it also allows for you know like easy credit and for the different monetary policies and practices that they've been doing for decades at this point yeah 100 and, and it goes into like you know this is a perfect example it's like it's it's no secret that like i'm a horror nerd like action figures collector wise you know mm-hmm. like that right so i have dvds that are worth two dollars mm-hmm. to five dollars you know and the $500? Yeah, I got some expensive-ass movies, dude. Jesus um, Christ, how's that even legal? Uh, a lot of it is just, like, rarity, stuff like that. It goes into what's banned in America. Yeah. Uh, censorship laws, how many of these movies are actually printed. Like, yeah. movie, that's terrible, dude. It's called The Last House on Dead End Street. Movie fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it was going to be a bridge burner, for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. so fucking corny, though. I'm so fucking corny, though, like I never heard of people paying exorbitant prices for dumb shit. Yeah. Like, that's just market economy. Like, Yeah, but, like, to me, it's one of those things to where there's not that many of it made. Like, like there's only, like, a certain amount made. You can't even find any of these copies online, really, anymore, mm-hmm. right, of the original version that was made. Yeah. Also, a lot of these movies, how, like, I have, I bought the Blair Witch VHS combo on ebay for mm-hmm. bonus vhs you know <laughs> when it goes into the money and stuff like that it's like talk about value it's like yeah the last house on dead end street is probably like a hundred bucks right now mm-hmm. for me knowing how rare it is it's almost priceless like i wouldn't let that movie go for like three hundred dollars mm-hmm. you know that's that beats me like i got like my favorite movie called a serbian film i had to ban U.S. version, which is a director's cut, you know, that you have to go through loopholes just to get in America. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so to me, I paid two fifty for it. Mm-hmm. You know, to you, you pay a dollar. Well, yeah. well, here's the well, here's the well, here's the thing though, is that I understand the framework you're trying to you're you're referring to, but the problem is, 
um, one man against the world or one person against the world doesn't really work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or unless, unless you're dabbling like in the underworld, which in that case, stuff tends to be more expensive because of the means in which you're getting it. Because at the end of the day, you're still trying to get shit that is in, that is in um, context of the prevailing system. You know, whereas if you didn't believe in the prevailing shit and you couldn't pay the price for it because the prices are, quote unquote, set by these other forces, um, then you have to get it through other means. Well, it's like cocaine. Or, 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 or anything that's a, or anything that's or any or anything that isn't a priority of yeah. of the of the of, of the marketplace and shit. Right. You know, but but speaking of which, let's take this actually into. One of the other things that was on the list you wanted to talk about, which involved Kaepernick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you uh, get to your point, and then I'll bring up uh, my angle um, right. re- related to, like, his shoe deal and, and oh, you know, yeah. why he keeps such a high profile and shit. So it's a different lane. But yeah, 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 but you go ahead. Uh, basically, with Kaepernick, it goes, it's to the ordeal to where I come from a strong military family, you know, of course. So... With me, when he took he took a knee, it didn't necessarily really affect me, but I understood how it was like. To me, I guess it felt kind of disrespectful because you know, well, I said like being an American, it's like that. But then I thought about it. I was like, is it that big of a deal? Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, of course, because mm-hmm. um, you know what it mean. It still means the same thing by the time. It's a lot bigger deal now. I feel like. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, but at the time, I was like, you know not my thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, he's not hurting anyone, and you know how I feel about, like, you do you, as long as you're not hurting anyone, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I didn't necessarily get it, now I get it, um, 100%, I understand why he did it, I respect him a lot more, mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff he was talking about, and the reason why he did it, you know, it comes to light, and it's one of those things to where something so simple, such as taking a knee, made people explode. You know, which I find fascinating. And the thing, the reason I like him more is because he stuck to his guns. He didn't mm-hmm. back more. Much like how when he showed up to get scouted by other NFL teams like a year ago, I think. That wasn't he, even a year ago. I think that was less than like six months ago. Or it was probably, more, it was, it was, a, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Was, okay. But he wore a Black Lives Matter shirt, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, get, to get scouted out. So he's still stuck to his guns. But then it made me think, you know, on a, on a, not necessarily a deeper level, but because I played football, I did sports. So then I was like, you know, what, what does taking a knee mean? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, football, we always took a knee when someone was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you didn't fucking like that person that yeah. got hurt, you took a knee. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. And if you did not, you were getting cussed out by your coach. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then I thought about, like Kyle said, you know, I'm proud to be an American. But I realized shit needs to get fixed, you know, right. about that. So then I thought to myself, he wasn't disrespecting anything. Mm-hmm. He was saying more about how America as a country is wounded, you know, police and political wise. Um, of course, like, that's only two of, like, multitude of shit. Yeah. That's my thing where it's like, dude, also whoever says every fucking country is perfect is full of shit. Um, right. But it, it's just one of those things where it's like, was it disrespectful or you just butthurt? Yeah, uh, because it's one of the things so simple of taking a knee, cause so much shit. 
Well, yeah. Well, it's it's people having their cherished symbols. It's ha it's people having their cherished symbols uh, challenged because you know because none because they represent because all of these things they represent an idea. Like yeah, in theory, it's like oh, everybody should just be able to wear whatever they want and say whatever they want. Blah 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 blah. But we, what we understand about other, what we understand about human beings, are, and what we should internalize about ourselves and everybody else, is that most of our life is a simulation. We live through symbols. Most of the stuff that we dabble in is because it, it, uh, we engage in because of what we think it represents to us, as opposed to its overall value or, you know. Um, uh, uh, what allows us to be more productive or optimize our life. Sometimes we just like to, there's just some stuff we like to indulge in because it's nice to think that, yeah, I represent this and this symbol, you know what I'm saying, represents the things that I, you go through how I, and how I look at the world and blah, blah, blah. And when somebody challenges that and then you start to see that there's a sizable presence of the opposition, I mean, naturally, you know, that's why people are so polarized over everything because we are a people that through consumerism have been taught to attach ourselves to the things which we consume, to the sports we watch, to the clothes we wear, to the music scene that we happen to be a part of, to, you know what I'm saying, our workplaces, whatever the fuck. We learn to internalize facets of our identity that really just have to do with us spending money. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say that, and, and that's not to say that, oh, you know, never spend any money again or that there's, um, or that or that, that means we shouldn't look at symbols at all, but it's like, no, it's like sometimes you have to double check yourself and be like, well, wait a minute, why do I cherish this thing? Or why do I ignore this other thing? You know, or why am I neutral on this particular thing? Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, to went to where the Carolina Panthers changed their logo to the LGBT flag. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, probably must, I get it, you know, whatever. It's, mm -hmm. one, it's where... I like seeing it. It doesn't hurt me if it's not there, but I like seeing it. It makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Only because I like, because me as a person, you know this, I like seeing people happy. Mm -hmm. as, once again, it goes back to my theory, as long as you're not fucking up someone else's life. Right. You do anything that can make someone else happy in a positive light. But you have people comment to be like, I'm never supporting the Panthers again. <laughs> you know, that's there's gay people in the NFL. Yeah. You know, did, did no one watch the fucking documentary of, of the home dude, the Alex Hernan Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> right. Where it's like, well, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, why does this offend you so much? Mm -hmm. Like, you weren't getting kicked in the face by a gay dude. Yeah. You know, like, to me, it makes me happy seeing these things because it says one thing to me. Mm. Openness. Openness, yeah. Open. Adapt adapting, you know. Adapt being open because mm -hmm. it goes to where... Like how I think of Kaepernick taking the knee, where it's like he didn't target anyone. He was mm -hmm. it, because it's openness, much like how you know my whole thought process on conversations is opening and expanding one's mind, right? Constantly learning, and maybe he didn't want all that. Don't bust that mind wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dude, that's all he did. He never said "fuck you, Black Lives Matter." He never said "fuck you, you're killing up." He never did this so. He simply took a knee and played his game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's what's so funny when you hear people saying that, like, ooh, you know, like Laura Ingram or whatever. Um, I don't know if she just told him or, or also King James or, or King James. 
uh, fucking what's his name, James? Um, I know, I know you're talking about the basketball player. Yeah. Fucking the fuck is that nigga? LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> see, that's how good the fucking marketing is, because I don't even fucking care about basketball or that, you know, I don't really idolize that nigga and shit, but I'm calling him King James. Fucking hate that shit. But um, I, I hate LeBron anyways. That's just because I think he's a shitty player. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's fine. You know, I like, I like, see, that's the thing, is that I like the stuff he does off the court. I don't care about anything he does on the court, because the only thing I know about him doing on the court is when he's not doing something fantastic, then he's flopping like a bitch. Well, uh, hang on a second. We'll get back on. We're gonna. I'm gonna transition into immediately jump back on. This dude. If you look, I don't know if you saw the Instagram post where he congratulated himself. Yeah, LeBron. There <laughs> <laughs> was a picture of him complete like a three three thousand basket or something like that, right? One of things. He goes, I just want to congratulate you. And this is his whole speech, dude. First of all, I oh love my. a douchebag. So I was like, you know what? I didn't like you. I hate you. Damn, you made me laugh, and I love that. <laughs> like, so that's a, that is, I mean, that is, that is the power of leaning into that shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it's like the uh, what is it, the Streisand effect or something? Sometimes you try to run away from something or try to hide, you know, saying part, and it just becomes a point of mockery for you. So, so it's like so it's like if people think you're an egotistical douchebag and shit, then lean into it, but do it in such a way where. The people who go around screaming, yeah, see, this is evidence of him being an asshole. Everybody else is looking around like he's clearly fucking around or he's clearly like, take, you know, lighthearted. It's like, you know, because then yeah. you look at because then it makes you look at the critics, the haters as being uh, uh, overzealous. He, he inspired me, man. If I ever won an Oscar or anything like that, I'm walking up there. I'm going, I'd like to congratulate you, Devin. Uh, <laughs> but see, well, it ain't going to be new. It ain't going to be new no more. I hope it is. I hope no one does that stuff. That's my time. I want to Kanye it up, buddy. Like, I want to walk up to someone and be like, I'm going to let you finish, but this is my award. Bruh, the only way you could outdo Kanye at this point is if you genuinely joined, like, if you started, like, a LGBT, like, Nash, like Nazi uh, uh, movement that was only into, like, crunk uh, core, crunk core. Oh, core. Yeah, that was well. I guess that was more. That was a very specific time, crunk music. But their shit is like, you know, crunk is a god. I was listening some earlier today. Let's get Buck in here. Oh, (laughs) DJ Felly Fell. (laughs) I I, I love me some crunk music. Uh, I'll I'll start with some cult. We'll see where we're at in a few weeks. No, but to me, that's what it's like. You should follow this dude named J Rag because all of his aesthetic and shit is like that. Like people purposefully. Mixing up like oh saying that like yeah we're uh we're Nazi furries who believe in communal style learning, um you know just basically just basically mixing up all the different types of identities just to fuck with people. Um, but but in, but in any case, so we were talking about. Let's think, what's his name? Who? J Reg. Yeah, this J R E G. It's mostly on YouTube and like he has his own Reddit shit. But basically, he's just super, he's just like super like meta and abstract and non sequitur. And all this shit talks about like political and social identities and shit. But he's pretty, but he's pretty much just taking the piss out of all these different ideologies and whatnot. And it's great. Okay. You know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Back back what we were saying. Yeah, but back we were talking about Kaepernick and yeah, man, because once again, it's like people work in symbols. People, we don't just operate off of. Yeah, we operate off of things that we think represent us. 
and what we think the values are that are being expressed in the world, which is why people, you know, saying like they want to go out and boycott certain businesses if they support social justice, because it's like you don't want to be thinking that you are helping to support or that you're helping to sponsor the growth of this idea or this practice in society. Yeah. Now, when really it's just emotional venting because a lot of times when you try to cancel people, if it doesn't have like criminal or cancel a company, if it doesn't have serious criminal litigation to follow, which is pretty rare, then yeah. it's usually not going to go anywhere. All they got to do is lay low, change their name or whatever the fuck. I mean, hell, it happens anywhere from, you know, a pop celebrity to fucking mercenary groups. You know, yeah. just let the heat die down, lie low, pay a couple of fines, uh, change your name, and come back better than before. Yeah, so then this is what I'll ask you then, is that, kind of going off of that, like, um, how do you feel about Chick-fil-A? Uh, so personally, I've never been, uh, I, I mean, I've enjoyed, you know, I, I enjoy the food, um, just out of habit and whatnot, I, I just never really ate there, so this yeah. is long before then. Um, here, here's the here's the thing. Like, obviously, if they would have kept their mouth shut and not been so vocal about it, then they wouldn't give people a reason to take a stand. Yeah. You know, I've ate I ate a Chick Fil A a couple of times. You know, uh, after that revelation and whatnot. And the only reason I haven't visited back just because, um, like I said, I just haven't my taste buds just haven't wanted it. Um, yeah. But then I also have to understand the fact that, hey, what if somebody sees me and is like, yo, you know, you, you talk, you know, all this about like being pro-LGBT and being open and whatnot, but then you're supporting the business and shit. And, and I think people, to a certain degree, should be able to – it's just – it's food. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that, like, if y'all really want to challenge – because if this is the thing that you're upset at, like a company, you know, saying supporting these type of things, well, it's like I have to break it to you then. There are people like this who are judges. There are people like this who are, uh, uh, you know, politicians. There are people who are like this, um, teachers, you know what I'm saying, and EMTs and shit. And so when you have this understanding of what a group or an organization is about, then you have to understand that neutrality is a myth. You cannot in good faith say, like I have to acknowledge the fact, as a Yankee, as an Amer as a as a citizen of the United States, even as things are fucked up here, we also benefit from the, from the domination, imperialism, exploitation of so many other peoples around the world yeah. to help maintain this quality of life that we have and to pay the prices that we do for shit. Yeah. And, well, I, and, and the thing is, is I, I don't say this to be like, oh, well, if you can't destroy the system tomorrow, then that means shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. We should be fighting in every inch, in every space that we possibly can. And so the, w the way that I feel about it is if you're not ready, if you're not willing to acknowledge the side that you're on, then you need to shut the fuck up and not participate in shit. If you're somebody who doesn't want to say how they feel about LGBT stuff or how Chick-fil-A Chick stands on it, then don't ever go to Chick-fil-A and shit because you may have to answer for that later. Yeah. You know? But as long as this information and stuff is out, people are allowed to have opinions and, and their own takes and shit, and everybody has their own motivation, so it's like, I can't really tell, I'm not going to tell anti-LGBT people, um, you know, obviously I'll go back and forth with them, but ultimately I know I can't make them, you know what I'm saying, change their mind or do anything different, any more that I can do for very pro-LGBT people. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like, you know, like, you know how I feel with me being, like, very down the middle, mm -hmm. 
as long as like you do whatever, as long as you don't harm someone, but everyone has their right, you know, reaction, action, reaction ordeal. Mm-hmm. I think the chicken's fucking delicious. But, it is. Yeah, but outside of that is mm-hmm. that, yes, they, I believe, donated Trump's fund. They mm-hmm. said something about LGBT people. However, mm-hmm. they do not discriminate with their hiring process. They do mm-hmm. not discriminate with their employees. And to me, I'm like, I respect that in the way it's like, hey, they're very open about where their money goes and their views. However, they're not hurting anyone. Right. So I do think that it is, like you said, it is important to be able to separate it and be like – because the thing is everybody is problematic to somebody else. Yeah. You know, eventually, like even people who consider themselves progress – like the thing is, dude, eugenics used to be something that was accepted by progressives. Not on the basis of like, oh, people of a different race are inferior, but people who are clearly not mentally at the same level as their peers at a certain stage in development, um, they need to be weeded out because it will make society better. So, yeah. so the thing is, we would be – people who call themselves progressives today would be disgusted by those individuals. You know? uh, but it's, but, it's, but it's, conte- it's contextual. The thing I will say, though, is I wouldn't be so quick to just – I wouldn't be so quick to – I wouldn't be so quick to say – confidently that they don't discriminate against um, employees and whatnot um, just because the just because discrimination based on many different things it may not even be against LGBT shit they may be one of the many businesses that steals employees wages or doesn't give them proper yeah. benefits that they promised them or you know yeah. fu- you know fucks up their pensions or something like that so <laughs> so I wouldn't be so quick to be like well you know they don't do this or that yeah. wrong because you don't we don't really know at this point but what I will acknowledge, what I will acknowledge, is your point that, look, everything to under under a certain light is problematic, and while we do want people to make their points known and to move the inch in in, in as many different spaces as possible, we need to also be picky with our fights and understand when certain battles really aren't going to be that consequential. Or in order to solve some of these issues, we have to attach all these other things, and so it's really almost kind of performative, oh, you know, after yeah. after a while. Yeah. I do want to say one thing, too, going mm-hmm. back to discrimination of businesses. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I told someone to shut the fuck up about this the other day. There's a place I want to give a shout-out to that's actually in Savannah. It's called Biddy and Bo's Coffee Shop. The reason I want to give them a shout-out is because they only hire – I'm not going to say only, um, but like 90%, 95% of their employees are people with Down syndrome or some sort of autism, mm-hmm. you know, which uh, – I full on support anyone who helps out any part anyone in that community because much like with like you know any social justice, I feel like if one person has dealt with something, they're more inclined with it to mm-hmm. uh, what is I guess feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that that's my big thing of like my big social is like you know people on the spectrum autism awareness like that. But someone got mad because they're like. Oh, they won't hire me because I have a fully functioning brain. And I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and, it, and I broke this down because you're like an All Lives Matter guy. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, they're hiring these people who would normally not be able to work a real job. Yes. You know, but, like, yeah. But some, some people never fail to look. They don't look. They don't try to look at the grander scheme of things. Yeah, like, they, don't like, look, they don't look at the way in which they fit into larger group dynamics. They just look at themselves as like, I'm an individual, and I feel I'm so unique, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, dude, 90% of your fucking identity, of everyone's identity, is 
some shit that they just took, you know, uh, uh, from something else or was already established before they came into the world, which isn't yeah. a bad thing. It's not like we need to redis- rediscover the wheel. I think it's kind of great that people have choices of all the shit that's already been explored. Um, but yeah, we go on. But it, it's one of the things, much like you know, um, how we how we talked about earlier, like you and I said, I don't understand a lot of how black people feel because I'm not black. I haven't had it happen to me personally. Mm-hmm. But it's like I have family members that are autistic on the spectrum, mm-hmm. so I've seen how it affects them, you mm-hmm. know. So therefore, I can connect to it a little bit better. Um, these people that work at Biddy and Booze, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these wonderful people. So the they're not they they couldn't work at a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, but it's like the hassle wouldn't be. The, it would be a lot. Of, it would yeah. It would, yeah. Like like the average Walmart employee is miserable. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take someone who mentally can barely handle society mm. and throw them in somewhere, you know? And he's like, well, like, and so that all ties into where how, you know, all lives matter, black lives matter. Yes, each thing matters on its own, but it's like, what is the issue at hand? Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it's the same thing with, it's the same thing with with any any of these identities, because obviously the older one is like affirmative action, which, as it turns out, ends up just, I think, helping mostly white women, um, when, and then also Asians, I guess, are the ones that are typically the most qualified and stuff, but then it gets passed on the white people still. Yeah. Um, but, like, with affirmative action, and, and they would say, like, oh, you know, this black person, they, you know, they took my job and shit like that, or, some, you know, it was just a minority hire. It's like, why is it you cannot believe for one second that somebody else is, is, is better, is more qualified or was equally qualified but actually, like, showed up to work on time or has a better track record or some other, you know, saying secondary behaviors or traits that make them a better candidate. It's like they like to, it's like on one hand, they like to talk about things, when things are going well for them, they like to say that the market is operating just as it should. Yep. But when things aren't going in their favor, then they say that the market is being tilted by outside forces. Yep. And it's like, no, the market itself was designed to benefit certain people. Or not even just the market, but like whatever prevailing system. You know, but since we're talking about market-based capitalism, market-based economics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's the domain which we're referring to. It's, it's like, no, this was, system was made deliberately to benefit uh, a certain number of people at the expense of everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, saying whether you're talking, I mean, another good example is like the video game scene or comic book scene, right? Because, you know, all these different artists and stuff are now starting to promote their own work and support LGBT people, support ethnic minorities, support women, support, you know, saying religious minorities, etc. Right? And the common complaint, of course, is that well, you know, they're forcing this stuff and nobody really buys it. It's like, wait a minute, this stuff is setting records, you know what I'm saying, in sales. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So people want it. And you're just like, well, no, they're forced. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, no, it's just because they've been brainwashed the way they've been brainwashed to think this way since they were young and to be, you know, begging for this stuff for years. You know, um, it's like they keep trying to have it both ways, you know, because yeah. they really just can't confront the fact that, oh, shit, my point of view is no longer the prevailing one or it isn't the only one that matters. Uh-huh. So, so what were you going to say about, like, the whole uh, Kaepernick with uh, business or whatever? So one of the things that's been brought up about Cap with, 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 with his um, 
like doing the Nike shoe deal and keeping a lot a, a big profile and everything is people basically saying that like oh he's a hack or he really doesn't care about the you know movement or he's not speaking on this Wait, thing the- doing that thing um, to me to me to me I'm just like look first of first and foremost he made himself a target of white supremacy white supremacy oh, yeah. white supremacy by the police white supremacy by you know the legal system white supremacy in the NFL you know in the general public everywhere so first of all I want him to have as much m- money that way he can have as much security as he needs to feel safe wherever he goes. Well, also, it goes into the thing where it's like, dude needs to make a living. Like, It's like, do you expect people to do this shit for free? Like, it costs money to travel here and there and to be, you know, to spend hours, you know, saying, at these, at these things. It's the same thing people bring up about Sean King. Now, yeah, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to say that Sean King hasn't done some sketchy stuff, but at the same time, it's like, our whole infrastructure of this system requires you, in order to make a good living, to live comfortably, you have to um, be looking to monetize and generate profit off of every aspect of your life, of your yeah. actions. And so if your thing is doing social justice and it's like, look, you're good at it, you're good at bringing attention to this and sourcing information and motivating people to do just causes, I'm like, I'm like yeah, you should, you should. Why should you not be rewarded for that? That is a talent and skill in and of itself. Yeah. You know, And some people just expect them to just be like, Oh, just take on volunteer. Like, you know how hard it is to get people who just volunteer for shit and really are dedicated to something 24-7? It is exceptionally rare. Yeah. I mean, money talks, bullshit walks. Well, it's, 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 it's yeah, exactly. People need, and people don't just operate off of, people don't just operate off of ideology or blind passion. We operate off of incentives and punishments. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't want to embrace that. They think that, oh, we'll just randomly get enough motherfuckers to care about this shit if we word things the right way or if we, you know, kind of mold their minds into their hearts into believing, looking at things a certain way. Which yeah. is like, look, I'm not mad at you. Good hustle and do your thing. But it's like, you're not going to be as effective as you think because you're not willing to meet people halfway and speak to their visceral needs, not just the theoretical needs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we all want, you know, Medi- you know, I, I, you know, I personally want Medicare for all. I want p- people to be able to walk into any hospital and get whatever it is they need. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the reality I live in, so I'm still paying for my health insurance because I'm getting older and I need to be able to keep up on my health. Yeah. You know? um, but, but, but like with the Kaepernick and shit, with the Kaepernick thing, like the criticism has been like, oh, you know, why did he get a Nike deal and shit like that? And, you know, oh, don't believe the, don't believe the NFL and Roger Goodell in saying that they support Black Lives Matter and, and saying they were wrong. I was like, look, dude, this is a victory. In the cultural sphere... We are miles behind in a game of inches. You know what I'm saying? So we have to fight for every fucking inch we can get. And so we have, a, we have an international celebrity who promotes um, anti-racism, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and intersectional solidarity with, with people of all different identities, right? He's, he's making good money. He also has one of the biggest fucking companies, not just a shoe company, but companies in the fucking world who's standing him and signing him checks, right, and keeping his, and keeping his name and profile um, um, high in the in the in the uh, uh, keeping it a high priority in the in the discourse, right? Yeah. Well, and, I think. And, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, much like how people are like, oh, why did he sign a shoe deal like that? It's I feel like there's some of these people, you know, um, I, I want to say not everyone, but there's like some woke white people and and some black people that be like, why is he doing this that aren't happy with victories because they like the fact of struggling. 
Like, yes, yes, there is a fetishization they, of struggle. Yeah, they don't want to win. They want to constantly fight. And I don't mean to say they as, like, a certain type, but it's like, well, white people, certain black people, certain LGBT people. There's these certain people in these big groups that want to continuously fight and will not take any victory. You could say there's equality mm-hmm. across the board, and they would be like, oh, no, you're just handing us this shit. You really don't mean it. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there is I do think there is an element of that. Speaking of which, did you happen to watch that video I did, the recent one about fetishization of martyrdom? Yes, yes. Very good. Um, but but this but I kind of touch on this very thing in that video, right? Yeah. Where where people expect excuse me. Where people expect where we fit once again, we like the spectacle of seeing somebody sacrifice themselves or having to struggle, having to overcome. We because we like underdog stories. Yeah. But the thing is, is that what we don't do, what people don't do is we don't follow up on the underdog stories. Yep. We just like to think like, oh, you know, they struggled hard and that, yeah, you know, they were able to overcome the odds and shit because it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought to, that that everybody who tries to overcome the odds which they find themselves uh, pinned against uh, happen to overcome them. But that's not the case. Yeah. You know, it's often not the case. And, you know, to to me, that's just to me, I kind of look at that as partly like. You know, just kind of general laziness of people, of just diffusion of responsibility, of just thinking like, oh, somebody else will take care of the hard work. Somebody else will take care of the dirty work of making sure certain things get followed through on. And it's like, no, that's, that's, that's not how it works. You have to – we all have to be proactive in whatever ways we can and, and find a way to preserve our life. Because if we're not around no, – because there's nobody else in the world who's going to be 100% like you. So if you're not around to keep your values and fight your fight and your struggle and keep that shit up, then there's literally not going to be anybody else because it's literally impossible. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you sh- we need to make – so I do think that, like – th- and, of course, there's a fine line, right? Because sometimes you do get enough money and become so detached from what's going on with, with people that when they do propose actual changes that are needed – um, you get really defensive and say, no, these people didn't deserve it. I'm where I am because I earned it, and, and you know, they should have to fight more and come up the way I did, but you're not acknowledging the fact that you had to come up through a fucked up system by fucking over other people. Yep. You know, so that was my whole thing with, with like, Cap and just thinking about, like, martyrdom and, like, the thing that you said, that there is a faction of people whom, even if we gave them universal basic income, even if we gave them stuff, even if we gave this shit, they would still... Because to me, there's a difference between social progressivism and people who really are just not satisfied. Yeah. You know, like people who are into social progress want social progressivism. We'll, we recognize the fact that, yeah, that things have moved better in certain degrees and we still have work to be done and that there are other groups of people who are still, you know, very much behind in this struggle. And then there are yeah. people who are bitching whom, no matter what changes are made, it's never enough. They can't even acknowledge the progress that has been made. Because yeah. it isn't about actually getting shit done; it's about just fucking whining. Yeah. You know, so I do. So yeah, so I do acknowledge that there's definitely that faction there of people who aren't aspirational. They are. I don't know what the exact opposite word with this would be, but they're the opposite of aspirational. They they glamorize struggle. Yeah. With with, with no success. With uh. Well, I wouldn't say that they have no success. What I would say is that they don't know. They're sore winners. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that that's, even when they do get some of the stuff that they want, they just continue to bitch about like, oh, but it isn't this thing, it isn't that thing, it isn't blah 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 blah. You well, know, it's the same with like you know, 
like say the kid who passes like high who like passes the eleventh grade and he made like B's and the parents are like why the fuck didn't you make A's? That's like uh, you know going into like you know uh, social celebrities or social justice uh, athletes mm-hmm. is uh, Bubba Wallace. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, NASCAR deal. So the reason why, outside of social justice, why, why I like Bubba Wallace, I'm not even a huge NASCAR dude, but I'm in the South. I'm around it. Yeah. Um, is that one, from being a young adult, he is one of the people that I connect with. He's not your average redneck NASCAR driver. You know, mm-hmm. he's country aspect, much like I like a country singer named Kane Brown. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Kane Brown. I'm not. Uh, he He's a country singer. He's mixed. Uh, raised by his white mom in the trailer park. Uh, mm-hmm. Really did it come up, but if you look him up, and you'll see like a lot of aspects I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's kind of like Bubba Wallace to where country-wise, I connected to him because mm-hmm. similar interests, similar come up, you know, uh, age-wise, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Bubba Wallace is that the reason I liked him is, or still do, is that, you know, he likes metal music. He warms up to stuff like Rob Zombie, you know, or it's like the death core stuff that I like. Uh, he plays drums, so I connect to him as a young adult, as a young man. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it's very cool that he is, I don't think it's cool that he's the only black driver. I wish there were more black drivers. Um, and mm-hmm. that, But I do think it's, it's cool to, to see someone I connect with that's more like a person on my level in NASCAR. Um, yeah, and I do like the fact that Richard Petty, who is from North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, Randleman, North Carolina, which is you know thirty minutes from Greensboro, backs Bubba Wallace one hundred percent. So it's the things I could connect with, and how NASCAR backed him when they found the noose in his locker room. Yeah, room, but you know, car area thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is that how they all backed him, which I really like, and. The fact that Bubba still stays positive with it, mm-hmm. with didn't lash out, he didn't do anything. He just says racism has to end, and he did a Black Lives Matter car, which mm-hmm. you know pissed off a lot of people. Which is the same way for Kaepernick taking a knee, yeah, which yeah. is fucking like, stupid because all this is a car, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, but it's the fact that he is—he's not lashing out because one, the company, unlike the NFL. The company NASCAR backed him, you mm-hmm. know, and it was like. I mean, yeah, they were the. I mean, they were the ones that. Because the thing is, I kind of had like a. Because uh, one of the things my friends pointed out to me was that I thought it was Bubba who I thought it was like a Jesse Smollett situation, honestly, which is why I wasn't saying too much about it. And then he pointed that. out to me, and then he pointed out to me because well, the thing is, I didn't know. Like, like you know, I had the yeah. same level of skepticism towards some of this shit, and Jesse was definitely full of it. Um, but but then my friend clarified to me. He was like, "Oh, NASCAR was the one who to- informed Bubba about it." Yeah. He was like, so it was so it wasn't him being like, "Oh, you know, this fucking shit was in my thing." It was NASCAR. I was like, "Oh, wow, yeah, we found this thing." So yeah. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. Well, because the the actual NASCAR company, um, I'm gonna say it's much like Insane Clown Posse. All right. <laughs> Insane Clown Posse has come out and said they hate a majority of their fans. They said half their fan base they do not agree with, right? <laughs> but Insane Clown Posse, yes, people are actually wonderful human beings. They donate, mm. they do the biggest toys for Tot Shrive, they bought all their mom's houses. They are wonderful. Mm. Much like NASCAR as a company is actually, a lot of people don't want to believe this, is a very progressive company and has 
always been a very progressive company. One, because NASCAR was founded by bootlegging. So by mm. fuck the cops, essentially, running their liquor. Yeah. They So when they start, that's very progressive, uh, you know, especially during the Prohibition era. That was a progressive thing, getting out of the Prohibition. So with them now, you know, people are very shocked that they support LGBT rights. They banned the Confederate flag. They backed Bubba. And I'm like, how the fuck are you surprised? I do. I was surprised because because the thing is, it's probably it's the same connotation that people have um, with with it's the same connotation. It's the well, because the thing is, you um, when you don't really care about something, then you just go off the superficial elements. Like if you don't really know a music scene, right? Yeah. Then you go or a musical artist, then you judge them based off of their fan base because that's the yeah. thing that you're more likely to have contact with, um, if not the if not instead of the the content itself. You know, so it's like because the thing is, I was somebody who was surprised um, that they wanted to ban the Confederate flag. I was like, wait a minute, y'all trying to lose your whole fucking industry, like your whole base? I was like, why would y'all do that? I was like, yeah, I guess the difference between what what I went back and saying, like how Insane Clown Posse says they do not support half their base, Mm -hmm. right? NASCAR hasn't come out and said it, but I feel like the same thing with NASCAR. Half their fans, Mm -hmm. they are very progressive, you know. Um, yeah, they just not. They just don't. They just don't say it. Yeah, they just don't say it. So when it goes back to how you know the my job was like, I don't work there anymore. But I worked at the bar at the Prohibition Museum, right? Mm-hmm. So our people are talking about how NASCAR, how they're all shocked that they support Bubba Wallace, how mm-hmm. they put out the LGBT flag. I was like, dude, NASCAR got started from running from the cops because they hated the law. Yeah, like. How are they shocked now? But, you know, the fact that they all supported Bubba, um, how Richard Petty came out and said this one as a young man, uh, well, I'm getting all this shit, but, you know, <laughs> as as a young adult in the society, um, I like, the reason I like Bubba Wallace, like I said, I connect with him on a lot of levels, but it's one of the things where he's bringing some youth to a sport mm. that wasn't there. And I think NASCAR, yeah. and NASCAR for years has actually been trying to go a more family-friendly route, actually. Mm-hmm. They've been trying to change their fan base a lot. Yeah. They, they, if, if you actually read up on the history of what they've been canceling, they've been trying to do a lot more positive things to where they want to expand their audience. That's why they made a deal with Monster. You know, say what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the douchebag Monster bro. But <laughs> NASCAR's eyes, they said... Monster will bring us a younger crowd. You know, it's a start. It was Yes. Start, you know, and so that's how I'm like people, you know, definitely read up on like the shit like NASCAR is used to. They're like there's someone that like, you know, that's very proud of Bubba right now. Yeah. I mean that's I mean that's interesting. And the touch on the point that you made about like um them being outlaws and whatnot is one thing is that a lot of people may not even know the history of NASCAR, how it started. Um and then also you got to remember that you wouldn't be – you could be forgiven for thinking that, you know, white people who happen to be running from the cops and want to live a more economically liberal existence, making money the way that they want to, may not necessarily be on board with some of the more social liberal, socially yeah. liberal, you know, things. Like I'm sure there's some bootleggers who – bootleggers – bootleggers <laughs> – Bootleggers, that's a whole nother, that's a whole different topic. Um, yeah. But bootleggers, you know what I'm saying, well, I'm sure that there are plenty whom, you know what I'm saying, are open-minded and open to that shit. I'm sure that many of them were just as, 
regressive and narrow-minded as many of their peers who were more law-abiding. Oh, yeah, probably more likely. You know, but, but however, but however, I do get what you're, I do know what you're getting at in that strain of, man, fuck what, fuck what the general public wants, or sometimes the general public wants bullshit, so we have to go, move, we have to move around them. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, and the thing is, it's just one of those things where it can go in a really socially reactionary way, it can go in a really socially progressive way. And so whether or not the people who own it or the people who really know the history of it are the ones that are, you know, also uh, uh, supporting this move and shit, it's, it's, it's good to see. And I talked about this on an interview I did with one of my other friends' podcasts because they were asking me, like, oh, how do you feel about all these companies that are doing, like, Black Lives Matter and saying they support this blah, 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 blah. And they were like, do you think it's real or do you think it's fake or do you think it's going to really be anything? And I was like, look, I was like, look, to me, I don't give a fuck what's in some, in this, in these situations, in these times, what's in somebody's heart doesn't fucking matter because we're talking about the impact on people's lives of the disparity in generational wealth, about the disparity in education, about the disparity in owning property, about the disparity in, you know, saying, uh, um, getting acts, you know, getting, having access to, to certain services and goods and everything. All that shit. So I don't give a fuck about what's in somebody's heart. I want you to if, stop gatekeeping or stop keeping me from having access to these things and to also legit and also recognize my complaints and my story as legitimate. And so when yeah. you see like so when you see everybody from like Ben and Jerry's who have been down for the cause, you know, they've always been down for the cause and shit too. And if to the NFL and Roger Goodell, whom I don't really think they mean it, but they recognize the way in which the wind is blowing. They see that cult- they say that they see that when it comes to the cultural war, that the social progressives are now starting to really flex and get as, and get loud, and they're starting to overwhelm, because there's really more of us. There's there's been more people who were socially progressive. It's just that they were scared to speak up, um, because they tend not to be as extreme as the reactionaries. But now that more, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think it's one of those things too. Where it's like, do you think they really mean it? Who gives a shit, dude? They're setting they're shedding light on your movement. Yes, exactly. Like I don't give a f- I, yeah, I don't give a fuck, you know. I don't I don't give a fuck. I want people to this is this is not a situation in which the intent of a person's heart really matters because what we're talking about is material we're talking about material um disparity. Yeah. The, the disparity in material goods. The dispar- education is a material. Wealth in its of itself is a material. Access to good clean food and water and housing is a material. We're talking well, about that shit, so it, so it doesn't matter what's in somebody's heart. Well, also hear me out. It's free advertising. Oh and yeah, absolutely. Of course, absolutely. I mean, it's it's you know free advertising. Oh yeah, and the thing is, I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at um at them, you know, wanting to use good marketing. It's just that when we, because that's the thing. That's what we want. If they if if their if their effect on communities is, in part, based on what they include in their ad campaigns, whom they include as their uh, spoke, their role, uh, their, uh, their spokespersons and representatives for the company, or whose images they put on the products and associate with the services and everything, um, that is broadcasting a certain message, and it's yeah. showing to other people, just as you said, good advertising that hey, you are welcome. We welcome your business here. Yeah. We're not going to be like that local mom and pop shop where you're not sure if you can go there and not be harassed. Everybody is welcome at our fucking, you know, saying eatery or retail shop. And if you have any problems, let us know because we're all about making you 
happy whoever you are. Yeah, well, that's like you know, there's this bar in Orlando. They uh, they made a post. They made a post about how they support Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and welcome. And then some people start saying, well. One of your owners will stand next to a Trump picture, like Trump signed like a year ago or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone's like, all they ever tells is sexual harassment there, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And someone point, but whereas like, one, the picture was a year ago, it goes to the sexual harassment's all hearsay because they've even been open about like, okay, first of all, the person's not even there anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do you want them to do about it? And they're like, the fact that they said anyone's welcome here you know, why are you trying to, it's, it's the same thing we talk about success. Mm-hmm. How, what was the term you use? Not fear of success, but, um, you know what I'm saying. So, so instead of fear of success, I think I was saying low, aspir- not being aspirational. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, this company just made a statement mm-hmm. saying, like, we welcome you of any color, any creed who will take you. We support Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But now you're just trying to tear them down. So then if you try to tear down this company or any business at all, hypothetically, that's not even the one in Orlando, why the fuck should they support you anymore? Yes, exactly. Because the thing is, is that, like, I'm not going to go out there, try to express solidarity to something, and then somebody comes up and be like, you're doing it wrong. You know, like with that whole Black Square thing, the Black yeah. Square thing was a, is a good example of this shit. Yeah. Um, because, you know, within a matter of hours, you had... Because all because just just a just a reminder to people whoever happened to be listening whoever happened to catch this shit is Black Lives Matter is a decentralized movement Antifa is a decentralized movement um, anarchists and anti-capitalists and, and and whatnot they are decentralized movements anybody can get up and declare themselves to it's it, it's just a set of ideas and practices and you adhere to them to the degree at which you want to but anybody who wants to can associate themselves with any of these movements. You don't need a fucking membership card or, or pay dues or any of that shit. Um, but it's like, but one of the, one of the trade-offs to that, one of the negative things that happens to that is you have every other motherfucker telling you what's the right and wrong way to move. So while at the beginning people were like, yeah, do a black square because this is going to be a good way to help other people, um, you know, black people promote their shit so, it doesn't, so your stuff isn't blocking out the feed. But it's like, no, you don't. It's like, no, but one of the things that they quickly realize is that, like, oh, wait, dumbasses, is that the algorithm is still working. So the people who yep. still get traffic and shit, it's still going to be filling up people's feeds, but with black squares, and they're not going to see shit anyway. So yep. then the move was, oh, you know, take it down and everything. It's fucking up the algorithm. But then, but, but then I say that again. The hashtag of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And then, the, and then the thing that people, and then the thing is, people started taking it to another level where they were like, well, um, because they were trying to tell people that weren't putting up the square, like, oh, your silence is, you know what I'm saying, speaking volumes. And I think I posted, like, something like that. It didn't have to relate to that. It was something else. But, but, but then people were posting stuff like, oh, if you didn't post a black square, if you didn't say anything, then that's a problem. It just shows how you feel. And then if people did post it, they're just like, oh, you know, this is just superficial. This is just performative, blah, 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 blah. You don't really care and shit. So it's just like, dude, you're not giving people an out. You're not giving away, you're not giving away for people whom who want to participate and show any sense of uh, semblance of solidarity, you're not giving them a means of actually participating in this shit. You're just yep. setting up parameters for which they need to obey you. And you're not going to gain empathy that way. You're not going to gain support that way by forcing people, by telling people, especially grown-ass other people with their own yep. understandings of shit, to 
No, you need to just shut up and listen to me. Well, dude, that's like, you know, there's this tattoo shop in North Carolina, right? They posted that they supported Black Lives Matter. They got a lot of backlash because, like, you know well, uh, hired a fucking Proud Boy, stuff like that. And then it was Saints to where one of their artists used to be, like, he went down, like, a dark path, you know. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't, he didn't say a lot of racial things, but he followed a bunch of stuff, and he followed ideas. But he eventually came out, he's like, you know, I was just in a dark place in my life, I was sad, I was depressed, my anger was targeted wrong, and I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. Okay, good for you. You know, but then people come on digging it back up. And then, so then the guy was like, dude, what more do you want me to do? Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I admitted my mistakes, I admitted my wrongness, mm-hmm. you know, ordeal, stuff like that. But then there was another person to where they are like, you know, this person, this shop doesn't show black culture because on their Instagram, there's not a lot of black skin tones that get tattooed. And if mm-hmm. my guy popped up and said, look, I'm a black tattoo artist. A lot of black people just don't get tattooed as much as white people do. He's yeah. Like, he's like, he's like, it's not about the skin tone. Oh, he goes, and I pick and choose what pictures goes up there. And it goes, one, if mm-hmm. the piece that's done on the black person that looks good, it gets posted. Much mm-hmm. like a white person, an Asian person, a Mexican person. that looks good, it gets posted. But they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, you know, what what the fuck? Like, that first of all, it's a dumb fucking argument. You know, like, why should this business, after they got attacked by people, mind you, maybe two black people all and the other ten are like white woke motherfuckers, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, why should this business support Black Lives Matter after this? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you know, I'm not saying like, I mean, don't say it, but it's, you know, it's one of the things, it's like, if you're a business owner, it did you more harm. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. The thing is, no, I absolutely agree. And this is why, you know, I don't like the way that people are, some people are, because one of the most frustrating things that I hear is that, you know, you'll have some of these activists who are just like, oh, if a person of a particular, if you don't belong to a certain identity, then you're not supposed to speak on an issue. It's like, no, this isn't helping that, this isn't helping anybody. What I yeah. want to happen is everybody who is not black and operates in places where there aren't a lot of black people and they want to know something, I'm like, holy shit, this is an opportunity to help seed, plant the seed of greater understanding to people even when I'm not around. The last thing I want you to do is just shut the fuck up. I want us to have a dialogue and understand so that way you can pass along this information um, and in a way that I think is most productive for everybody. Opening your mind and expanding for learning. Yeah, you know, and a lot of motherfuckers who are like black active, and it's like, look, like, look, we understand, I understand, and people that don't, that may not know, I am a black man. Um, there's plenty of information and stories that I've heard and stuff that I know growing up and, and learning that, that was never included in textbooks, like Juneteenth. This is the first time I've ever known of non-black people acknowledging or knowing about Juneteenth. Wait, also explain to people exactly what that is, because I still don't know what the fuck it is. So Juneteenth is the actual day that slaves were released because in some parts, um, even after the Civil War was won, the slaves were not told. And um, that I didn't know. But yeah. Yeah. So so Juneteenth is celebrating like the actual, um, like the non-official day in which slaves were free and whatnot like across a day the world. Or, or like. Say that again. So was that like a day or a month? 
Uh, I mean, of course, all this stuff didn't happen on one day, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the 19th of June is the day in which we recognize that. Okay, so it's not, okay. Uh, that, yeah. that also um, surprised me how it just, I'll, I'll, I'll say randomly just showed up. Well, no, it's not that it randomly showed up. It's that it's on the bed. It's on the. It, it's right in the back of all these other things that are going on, right? Because yeah. George Floyd was murdered on May twenty fifth. Yep. And that's when it sparked all this other shit and whatnot. But there had already been waves of people talking about police brutality and anti-black racism and acknowledging more black people all around. So, yep. you know, it's not to say it's not like oh, it was completely random. But I was not expecting something that is considered more. Like this is this isn't even something that's known within a lot of ma- this isn't even something that's acknowledged in a lot of mainstream black media or black circles. Yeah. Even if it's known about, so it's not even something that's really much promoted within like, the community. Yeah. I was like, I never heard of that. I never heard of the Tulsa race riot, race riots. Yeah. Um. There's also I never heard of that one as someone who loves history like myself. Mm-hmm. I loved hearing about it. Not, of course, like, loving that it happened. Right. You know, I like knowledge. I like learning. I like expanding my thoughts. But knowing that it happened, I was like, wow, man, I would like to know more about this, especially like Tulsa race riots and stuff like that. But yeah, it's yeah. one of those things to where, you know, it's just, I I can, I don't really know where I'm going with it. I guess I can appreciate mm-hmm. it coming to too light. I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm happy that it's, you know, happened. But right, no, of course, yeah. Where, like, you know, me who loves history, I'm like, wow, that's blows my mind. You know? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that I know this history that happened. You know, going back to, you know, like even the Nazi culture of Germany, where it talks about, you know, the war and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff that I find very interesting that happened. That I'm not really like, oh, I'm glad this happened, but it's like, no, of course, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So. No, it's just fast. It, no, it's just fascinating to know. But then, it, you know, but same thing. It's just like, wow, to see something that was very, to see something that was considered underground or very niche, all of a sudden be recognized in the mainstream across the world, um, yeah. was nothing short of amazing. And I love that because it's it's just further helping to. Uh, you know, profile the things that have gone through and, and giving more details about our story and the understanding of why we have been fucked up for so long across the board to see how all the different games that have been played and all the nefarious bullshit that has been played, even with our freedom. Like, you would think that, like, after the war, all the wars won, all the slaves get freedom. Like, no, they continue to hold on to them uh, for as long as possible because that's how deep, that's how, that's how deep that fucking, you know, those, those, uh, that attachment was. You know, to that way of life. Yeah, they were um, so like, let these people know. Yeah. So, so the fact, so, so the thing is, like, yeah, I love the fact that this stuff is getting more attention. And I'll put it like this as well, because we recently had the shit with, with, with um, certain actors or whatever saying they're not going to voice black characters and shit. Yeah. To me, this is stupid because, first, to me, this is stupid, and, and here's the reason why. is because you've got to look at the context. I, I believe that in order for blackness to be normalized and people to be able to approach black people more and with a great understanding, then black people also have to acknowledge that people should be able to engage with blackness at different levels. And you have to be able to, they have to be able to engage with it at a level of being, uh, being very uh, deep and thoughtful, 
being, you know, moderate in approach and then being, you know, friendly and cavalier and being superficial. And to me, when it comes to something like voicing an animated character and the character in the show doesn't have, doesn't really explore identity and heritage all that month, uh, m- much, um, then it doesn't fucking matter because black, you know, like a specific black identity or experience isn't something that's uh, uh, specific to the theme of the character. Because this show was big, this show was Big Mouth. It's an animated adult cartoon, and I mean, I'm sure that you know, of course they make edgy jokes and shit, but it's like it's not a serious work of art, you know. That's going to be conveying you know information that's really going to shift people's minds. So I'm like, who gives a fuck? Well, it's like it's not like it's the Boondocks. Ex- it, yeah, exactly. Like there's a, like yeah, and and I feel like people. Some people are falling for these bullshit arguments and really just having really superficial understandings of these issues um, where they where just like you said, they don't know how to tell the difference between the boondocks and Big Mouth. Yeah, it was one of those things, too, where it's like, like much like I told you the other, the other day, where it's that these voice actors voice sometimes five characters on a single show. Yeah. That's the point of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Also, this, you know, and let me know if I'm wrong on this, too, because I actually do want to ask you, because... Uh, you said you're from like uh, inner city area. Like, where, are you? You're from a predominantly black area, correct? Uh, black and Latin. It's not the inner city. Our area okay. was like a little more suburbanish, but that okay. was. The, but, the, but the demographics were like black and Latin. Okay, so this one I want to ask because I got into a question, not a question, but just like a conversation with someone about this the other day. Is that much like with Jordan Peele's Us, which was fantastic? I mm-hmm. love Jordan Peele's death. But it's one of the things to where with with you know Jesse Smollett all the stuff with black actors, um, mm-hmm. black film, black cinema is that I remember when I took acting classes uh, in high school there was mm-hmm. maybe one or two black kids Indian in my class, maybe five black kids out of fifty in mm-hmm. the local theater camps I went to maybe had one black person at all. Mm-hmm. So when a lot of people talk about how there's not a lot of, like, black actors or, or whatever, is mm-hmm. it starts when you're a kid, when you're in high school, because much like, you know, if you're trying to be a badass, you got picked on for being a theater kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the popular thing to do. So it goes to where, where, you, where you come from in your high school, was there a big art field? Was there a big theater program for people, especially of color? So, no, the school that I, the high school that I went to, so, so I lived in different parts of, 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 of L.A. County and whatnot, and the dynamics of each place that I lived were different. Some places there was more Asian and white, some places there were more, you know, maybe a specific type of Asian group or a specific type of Latin group or whatever the fuck, so, so the dynamics would change. But as far as the high school I went to, nah, it was just kind of like a general high school. It, just, it was just notable for pulling in people from across the district. Um, so it was more so just having a diverse class of people as opposed to having like any specific good programs. And like in college, the only college I went to was, uh, uh, uh community college for psychology. <laughs> <G-tech>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, um, you know, but also I was kind of a slacker in school, you know, or not a slacker. I just, I just. I was okay, like I was like a B, I was like an average B and C student, so I just kind of did the least amount to get by or whatever. Okay. Um, so, like, what I'm trying to ask is that I don't really see a lot of opportunities or a lot of outreach for uh-huh. people of color 
in the arts and theater or in acting? Yeah, of course not, because because well, on one thing, it's, so this is a multifaceted issue, so it's a lot of layers to it, right? So, so makes sense. What I'm trying to ask. No, no, absolutely. And the answer to that is, the answer to that is, one thing is that schools funding for schools is tied in part to the um, value of the property around the area, or basically yeah. the basically the property taxes that are paid, in other words, and then also like the testing that's done um, on the students. Well, the yeah. thing is, if you already live in a neighborhood where the jobs have been gone, um, you know, people are on drugs, there's a lot of violence, a lot of trauma, and, and you know, saying lack of access to resources and shit, then how are you supposed to, and you want to do those things, then yeah, you're at a fucked up, you're already at a loss in that respect, right? And then let's say that you do happen to beat the odds and are able to level up and go and participate in these things, and you, and you say that, like, okay, I'm the best maybe on my block, I'm the best in my school, or my district and shit, and then you have to go up against motherfuckers from, like, the tri-state area, or from the county, or from the country, you know, or the whole fucking coast that you happen to be on. Um, so then you realize that you're even, even at an even more disadvantage because some of these people have literally had access to personal trainers, keeping their diets together. They didn't have to research this shit themselves. They didn't have to go to work while school at school at the same time while, while helping out their parents, their family. Um, so they were able to just really focus on developing their shit. So, so, no, the, so no, you're absolutely right in that there's many different reasons, um, and these are things that have become more mainstream in the conversation, of talking about how people aren't able to reach their best potential. Because it's easy to sit back and be like, well, if you have free time, you should be able to blah, 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 and, you know. But then it's like when you dig down and figure out, well, a lot of people don't have free time, even teenagers, because they are either pushed through a system to um, operate as consumers or they're pushed in a system to just operate as a, irreplace, as a replaceable part. Even if they're, even if they're a repla- irreplaceable part that's operating at a high level like an Olympic athlete, you're yeah. still replaceable. Well, that's also like, you know, we're talking about the, the black voice actors. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's, I think the, the intent was good, but that's not where it needs to be started. I think what needs to happen is that the arts need to be put back into like inner city schools, these mm-hmm. local areas, to where, like, you know, uh, to me it's kind of like, especially if you go to one of these low-income schools, acting isn't cool, you know, mm-hmm. doing something progressive like that is not cool. It was like, because I remember when I went to high school, I was like, you're a theater? Like, I'm not fucking doing that shit. You know? <laughs> now, I really wish I did because I love film. Like, that's my major and I didn't realize how much it'll play an important role to me today. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, I look at kids that freestyle, you know, freestyle mm-hmm. stuff, and it's one of those things like, dude, you can come up with that stuff off the top of your head. What could you want improv acting? You know? Yeah. Where could you take this very this talent you have mm-hmm. in your mind into a different direction into a different aspect of improv you know mm-hmm. and I, I i understand why people feel the need about the black voice actors i don't agree with it but i think dude if if these celebrities if these people really want to be as woke as they claim fucking get theater back into schools like like literally defund the police and put the arts and like well, it's, well, think about how long it's taken to get these conversations up. It's like just because these things are big now doesn't mean they, these things these things that are now starting to get um, discussed out in the public and shit have been discussed amongst various groups for decades. 
you know, and there have been things that have been pushed forward to different degrees. So it's like when you say like, okay, like, yeah, well, it's like, why don't you just do this? Why don't you do that? It's like motherfuckers have tried and they found themselves going against a huge machine that is incentivized to keep things running along and to getting rid of any sort of uh, disruption to their system. Yeah, well, that's also like, you know, from working in haunted houses, you know, it is a form of acting. It may not be the best acting, but it's a form of acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, working in haunted houses, you, I've seen everyone come through there. I've seen everyone who is drugged out. I've mm-hmm. seen from the projects, you know, come in there. And it's one of those things to where, you know, like, I don't know what the fuck that haunted thing is, too, as I hear it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, these kids come in here, and they do, uh, you know, this acting thing. And you can tell they've never done it before, but, like, they love it. You mm-hmm. know? And it's the yeah. people you won't expect. It's the dude who's, like, who does Molly and addicted to heroin at, like, 18, but he's just... This <laughs> but, like, it's a joke, but at the same time, like, I've seen it. You yeah. Know? It, it's very much true. Um, and then there's, like, the kid from the projects, dude, like, who who hangs out with gangbangers, who's very good at acting. Yeah. You know? And it's more so it's like, like I said, this is where, like, my goal as a filmmaker is the reason why I go into Native American culture with folklore mm-hmm. is identify with that stuff more. You know, I love the culture of it there. I love the stories. But I also want to use non-white people. And that doesn't mean, like, you know, take all white people out of the program. Yeah, no, of course not. People shot. Well, some of those, give, for instance, say you love horror movies. Mm-hmm. Give you something else to look at. Much yeah. like Jordan Peele's Us was very good to see. They had a white family and a black family, but it was very refreshing to see a different thing to the eye. It was, definitely, yeah. it was different to see, much like my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies is Candyman, as you know, it takes place in the projects mm-hmm. of Chicago. You know, and that's why I feel like if these people really want to change Hollywood or change how acting is to give black people more of a chance, you can't just tell all, because there's not a lot of black actors anyways. Right. You know, um, that's why you need to start and be like, you know, we are going to fund program and get these kids, mm-hmm. you know, do like what the Snoop, what Snoop Dogg did with the football players in high school, shit like that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And the thing is that, like, you're not wrong. And once again, it's the thing is, is that tons of people have tried these things. And what happens oftentimes is, you know, because because these celebrities are not qualified, nor do they have the time to actually operate these foundations themselves. It's like, you know, they just help promote and keep the name up and get money for them, get donations and shit. But then. All too often you hear about, oh, the director of this nonprofit ran off with the money or they spent it all on fucking toaster strudel or they, you know what I'm saying, they was just out banging prostitutes and hanging out with their fucking grandparents and shit and buying them, you know, bullshit. It's like, you know, it's like we can make up all the rules and all the foundations and all the different, you know, things, but it's like ultimately it's about the people who have the power, who have the access. You know, my um, one of my friends, we were talking about... Um, how certain celebrities come up. And we're talking about a very famous black celebrity. And basically we're talking about how this is an individual who's, they've made a lot of money, they have a big name, they um, are still relevant, and they have a reputation for going outside the box and working outside the mainstream. But the common point of criticism that we had was they were like, okay, 
this individual also likes to complain and point out the contradictions of the mainstream and, and the system and shit, but they haven't really seemed to put any effort to creating their own infrastructure outside of it. They still operate within the mainstream and then just have the same bit, you know, complaints about it. Who, who, I ask who it is or what was that? Who, who is the celebrity? It it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, matter. okay, okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha. There's a reason why I didn't say their name at the be- There's a reason why I didn't say their name already. You know, because everybody gets and they feel. You know, everybody can get and they feelings about different shit. No, no, but, but as a whole, as a whole. But as but as a whole, but as as the whole, because this kind of touches on your point more so. Um, because while there are people who are putting their best foot forward trying to do this shit and they get hemmed up by all these other hurdles, there are also some people who bitch about these things but then also don't move an inch forward and in actually trying to change them. Yes. And that shit is really frustrating because it's like, dude, it's like, dude, you're in a position where you can affect, even if it's only 10 people, 10 families or something, you know, saying that's impactful, that's important. Take for every inch that you can. Um, you know, so so yes, yeah, so no, I absolutely agree. I get what you're coming. I get what you're saying that there are some motherfuckers whom really aren't trying. They're trying too much to people please within the system in which they made it, and not remembering why they were so opposed to it in the first place, or understanding the ways in which the system is still failing, and you have to go around it to get certain things done. Like there's this dude. The re- main reason why I say that is there's this guy I went high school with, and I, I really need to get back in touch with him. Um, I just want to be like random and hit him up, but because we weren't like tight, we had some classes together. Yeah, he he was he was the one kid in drama class, and he he was a he was a black dude from projects, you know, surrounded by of course black culture, hip hop culture, gangster culture, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, I always thought he just kind of got put in the class because it's very odd. Mm-hmm. I mean, because the stuff you like generally want to associate with acting, you yeah. know. And I remember, like, one time he sitting there said, like, he like watching dudes get shot in gangster movies. You know, I thought it was weird, but at the same time, I like brutal deaths in horror movies. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, same thing. So he stuck it out. I remember he was only think he actually acted in plays at school because mm-hmm. I know some of his peers weren't about it. Um. Mm-hmm. But he, he stuck it out all through four years of just taking the acting class. And I've come across his Instagram a few times, and it's saying actor, so-and-so, and he has a whole acting Instagram. And I'm like, dude, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because that's why I need to reach out to him. But it's the fact is, like, the fact that this was 11 years ago, and mm-hmm. this dude acting in local film, you know, this dude kept to his fucking guns and being from the projects. You yeah. know? where a lot of actors don't come from. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's tough, you know, and that is an, admirable. Yeah. Um, I'm like, dude, that's what the fuck I'm talking about, man. Like, that's something I respect. Like, you you kept up and, like, you beat the odds to, like, how your peers were, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's like, once again, it's, it's um, you know, it's all those different hurdles that people have to go through that, that make this story not, that make those stories not as common as they really should be. You know, because like for every individual like that that's able to make it and get through that shit, it's like there's, who knows, 20, 30, 40, 50 other motherfuckers whom, you know, maybe they OD'd, maybe they ran into a cop or just a group of local assholes, you know what I'm saying, who wanted to fuck somebody up or, you know, yeah. or they just got hit by a car or, or whatever, you know. Um, you know, there's all kinds of shit, and, and, and that's why, you know, and, and that's why, you know, like I'm the type of person where, when I talk about when I talk about stuff like socialism or, or, or tackling capitalism or changing society, it's like, look, 
I'm not a person who's just like, no, everybody has to come out exactly the same life, thinking the same way and shit, um, with the same skills and motivations. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, like, we should at least, in order to understand somebody's best, truest potential, you have to give everybody the basic amenities and basic resources and goods that they need to survive. People should not be working just to keep a roof on their head and just to have clean water and good, nutritious food. And medical care, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. some people try to use the excuse that, you know, oh, well, if you work harder, then you deserve, you know, you deserve better care and better humanity. Basically, it's, they, they put a price point on humanity and that, no, you only have access to certain parts of humanity um, if you make a certain amount of money or, or notoriety and shit. And I'm just like, I fundamentally just don't agree with that shit, you know? Yeah. And I don't think, and, so, and, and that's why, you know, a lot of people, they try to make it a moral, they try to make it a moral thing like, oh, the fact that you have less is representative of your moral ineptitude or showing how lazy you are or just showing that you're not smart. It's like, well, maybe, I am, maybe I'm not as smart or as apt at certain skills and things, but why the fuck is that? It's because yeah. I, live, it's I live in a neighborhood where the water is fun to taint, fucking tainted and it causes brain damage, you know what I'm saying? Or we don't have no fucking nutritious food, so, when, so yeah. you know, everybody's kind of lethargic. You can't get any rest because you're fucking traumatized. Well, in Michigan, you know, man. Or, or, I mean, dude, I mean, it's not even just Flint. It's all across the fucking country. Flint isn't Flint. even Flint yeah. isn't even the first nor the last incident of that. It's just the one that got the most attention. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like people saw it, just still nothing really came of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's fucked up because, you know, they tried to sue and, and, and do, you know, they tried to handle it politically. Unfortunately, they didn't have enough yeah. grassroots momentum to really handle shit, hand over fist the way that it would need to be. Because you need somebody in that situation where people are being denied access to clean water, then you got to go in there and crack heads. But because, yeah. you know, and this happened under Obama. Obama wasn't really about shit. He was with the status quo. He went, he went there and sat in front of all those black people and drank a, and pretended to sip a fucking glass of, of water from the tap and say, and say, oh, everything is good. And just went and just collected, you know, say more checks from the fucking banks and shit who he bailed out by handing over all the wealth from people who had like bought homes and and, and um, have been investing in shit for years. Oh, but that, that also goes to where like how a lot of people I think like Obama, especially in the black community, because he was a black guy. Yeah. You know, like no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's that really shallow. It's that really shadow, superficial identity politics. Where it's like, did he really have your best interest, or was he just a brother? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Some motherfuckers, they just. It's the thing. It's that thing where, yeah, representation is important, but it shouldn't just stop at representation. And a lot of people just kind of – because there are plenty of black people today whom I can't criticize – or not that I can't. I mean I'll say whatever the fuck I want, but like I have to – you have to expect certain reactions just because yeah. they're like – because they, just, they, they see that, oh, a black man in the highest office in the country and shit. They don't see, oh, somebody whom uh, in large part doesn't – really have that much power and the power that they do have um they can only move things to a marginal degree yeah you know they don't see that they see that they they see that nope it's 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 we got a brother up there and he's singing songs and he's you know making jokes and looking you know look you know whatever the fuck and and the thing is this isn't once again this isn't the this is not to downplay representation and yeah. the fact that when you see a person who is usually considered a, the most disparaged member of a group in a society, all of a sudden seem to retain the highest status of cultural and political um, reverence. 
that means something. Yeah. But that something is fleeting and superficial. And a lot of motherfuckers are just willing to hold on to that alone and not dig any deeper. And are offended if you try to dig any deeper. Because do, yeah. do you know Cornell West? I do not. He's a black uh, professor. I think he teaches at Harvard or Stanford, probably both. But, um, but basically he's like a um, philosophy dude and he comes from like a, a religious but also like Marxist background and shit. Okay. Um, and he's also very much on like, I think, basically he's like from the 60s and 70s and shit. He, he, so he's kind of like from that, he's from that era. Yeah. You know, but he's still relevant today. He's a black intellectual. Anyway, he's one of the first black people, public people who criticized Obama within his first term. Really? And yes, because he pointed out all the shit, like basically that I'm saying that like, look, he's just a, a nice face. He hasn't really done this thing that he said he was going to do, he said he was going to do this, this, and that, and he had the opportunity, he had a supermajority in Congress, and he dragged his feet because he just doesn't really give a fuck about doing certain things. You know, and, and, and there have been more people, his claims have been validated, but it's just like, you know, a lot of people still don't give a fuck. You know, he caught a lot of heat for that. You know? Right. <laughs> I mean, he was right, though, but once again, a lot of people, they just get caught in the representation. They get caught up in the performance, the theater, and they don't, they don't even think they don't even care to look behind the curtain, you know. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's wild. And, and then once again, it's like people, we live in symbols. And that's never going to go away, which is one of the things why I've come to, to the grips that, it's, that I need to start calling myself like, I need to start showing, presenting my ideas and my values as the American norm. Like what I believe in, I need to start framing stuff. Stop framing stuff as like, oh, we have this internal enemy. We have this, you know, which it's, you know, I do feel that way. But we have to frame it as we have to give some, we, we have to give people something to root for. People can only have something to root against so much. But it's a lot yeah. easier to have people root for something and just be like, yeah, when I wave this flag, you know, I'm talking about social progressivism. I'm talking about the sanctity of Adam, the marriage between Adam and Eve, but also between Adam and Steve. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Or, or even Eve and uh, uh, Jubilee or something, you know, whatever the fuck. But, um, you know, but it's like we have to start taking that and being like, yeah, I'm a proud American. And being a proud American is, able to, is being able to acknowledge that, yeah, we have, we have um, certain privileges when it comes to, like, freedom of speech and shit and space and whatnot. But we've also done some fucked up things. And our quality of life is largely based on exploitation of other people's. You know, it's like we have to, it's like, but, but taking ownership of that, of all these complexities and all these things and being like, you know what, I'm still proud and I want to see this country do better. And um, it all starts with just learning to communicate with people, being open and being ready to accept that maybe my understanding on an issue is wrong and incomplete. Yeah. Well, it also goes to, uh, also one thing too, I got to hop off here in a bit, I got to make some business cards for a bit. Yeah, no uh, problem. Yeah. But it, it goes into, you know, much like how you're saying that, well, maybe how I look at someone's wrong, is that much of, you know, there's nothing admitted, ad- admitting that you are wrong. And I want to say wrong, just the fact that you didn't know. Kind of right. like when I said about Kaepernick taking a knee, how I was wrong about it. Um, I don't even think I was necessarily wrong. I think it was more skeptical, where it's like, I, what, I just didn't know of these things mm-hmm. at the time. And, you know, to whoever is listening, I, I do want to say this, where, much like if you want to see other aspects of the world, mind is a, a biased view. Mm-hmm. Watch 
foreign horror movies or foreign dramas. I know <laughs> because, you know, that's my thing. But when you're watching these foreign horror movies, mm-hmm. like District 9 in South America, uh, mm-hmm. Tiger's Not for Children, Here Comes to the Devil in Mexico, you know, um, and even like some Korean movies, is that because the reason why they're horror, they're not showing you the rich areas. They're shot on location again, like, you know, production design is a thing. But these yeah. are locations to where they're trying to get as accurate as what they see. Or either uh, Grama del Toro and Pants Labyrinth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. want to really see how, I don't want to say how bad the world is, but just what it looks like. Right. And what it looks like from a different perspective, from people who have to catch hell every day. Watch, watch foreign horror movies. Mm-hmm. It, does, it shows you where it's like, dang dude, like, literally there's children, homeless running the streets, you know, um, mm-hmm. like a lot of these issues are a big thing. And, you know, we, talk, we talked about it on one of our previous conversations, um, but, you know, that's also why as a filmmaker, I get older, I want to touch on these things to where... Kind of what I see story-wise, but I want to take what I learned from, you know, talking with you, mm-hmm. having friends of other ethnicities, other cultures, mm-hmm. some stories. I can get something that's not the everyday white American normality, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's kind of what I wanted to end my speech on, where it's like, you know, whoever's listening, if you're still confused or you want to open up your mind, watch foreign horror films. Yeah, because the thing is, is that, like, you know, while, while horror typically doesn't get a lot of praise for its, you know, headiness or being intellectual. It's like a lot of times they do serve as allegories for human behavior and, right. and whatnot. And so, like, and, and I'm, you know, even though I'm somebody who never really indulges in, in horror too much, more so from the gore factor, I just, I don't really deal with gore and violence and shit too much. Um, I still appreciate the allegories that get well, made about human society. And, yeah. you know, just like you mentioned about, like, oh, watching foreign horror films, you know, that would be good. Because even though I'm able to be critical of America, there's also criticisms that can be made, you know, saying from those whom have no attachment and have no, you know, saying attachment to to America, and might open my eyes and be like, oh shit! Like even the way, even 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 in my position as a black man in America, things are fucked up. It's like, look how these other people are getting fucked up um, to also sustain certain systems, you know? Because one of the things that like I pointed out to my friends and shit is, especially to my black friends, is I was like, look. Let's not get a little too much into just black victimhood or just victimhood about our identity because, because the thing is you can't like, – like sometimes I kind of get tired of black people saying that like, oh, we get treated the worst or the worst and shit. I'm like, we still exist. There's whole indigenous tribes that don't exist anymore or where there's only, or there's only like a couple dozen or hundred of them and they're in bad health and conditions and shit. Well, there's movies that like, you know, a movie from the 70s called Animal Holocaust that <laughs> like – you know, it's one of the things to where it talks about how they basically find this tribe deep in the rainforest. Mm-hmm. It's, some of these tribes, you know, just leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, you know, but then it's like, one thing too is that I, I, my two favorite, my, I love um, German, French, and uh, Latin horror movies. There's my top three. Mm-hmm. If you watch, not all Latin, but uh, like a lot of the allegory for Latin horror movies, dude, all yeah. deal with cartels. All, say, wait, say, say that again, say that again. They almost all deal with the cartel. Oh, of or, course. I mean, they have they have crazy amounts of power, sometimes more than the government. 
Yeah, um, it's all a lot of it is about dealing with police force or the cartel, not necessarily like police force directly, but it's like these kids in this one movie found a phone of a politician murdering somebody. Yeah. So the face politicians go to the police. They show the police. The police like nope, and they drive off. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it just it goes. You know, like I said, if you want to see allegories so like that, different things, watch. You don't want to go somewhere. Just fucking watch a movie. <laughs> well, there's only so much. There's only so much that you can get from viewing. But sometimes that's the safest way to avoid cool. getting your ass kicked. And and one more thing about like the whole like stuff. Like I get maybe this is like my inner colonizer coming out. But I'm not. A, I'm not a cultural relativist. Like the reason why I support and would get behind like oh maintaining the the practices and customs of like an indigenous tribe or a tribe that was like or a group of people who were mistreated in society is because of that treatment, that mistreatment as human beings. It isn't for the rituals themselves. Because once, if we got everybody to be treated equal and shit, one of the first things that I want to do, want to do is I want to be like, okay, certain cultural practices I'm not fucking with. Like, I don't give a fuck. This is not a, not everything needs to be left up to democracy. There are certain cultural things where I'm like, no, fuck your culture. Um, we're going to do things this way. Um, this is the way we're doing things. <laughs> like over-seasoning your food, I don't know. No, yeah, or marrying your cousin. Hey, buddy, that's a culture I dive deep in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure you will. But um, but hell yeah, man, this is good. Were there were there any other points you wanted to bring up? Uh, I guess I'll leave on this note. Is that the reason I say I'm seasoning the food is one time I'm still trying to season my food correctly, and uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I I just I mean so. I just like how they say white people can't season their food. Dumb shit. Or they don't. Um, it's partially true. Um, I'm learning. A Canadian is I th- you know well, well here's the other thing you got to remember, and this is why I don't like. This is why I don't like oh how everything. And and this is why I say that blackness needs to be approached at many different levels because you have some people who approach blackness and just like oh I need to shut up and just be you know serious and just let them speak or. You know, some people were just like, oh, it's just all identity politics, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, this connotation that everything black people do is fucking cool. There's nothing cool or interesting about fucking over-seasoning your food and, and putting it in extra lard and fats and shit. This just gives us more health problems. It's one of the reasons why our diets and shit are, are part of the leading cause of our death. You know, oh, really? we're, not, we're not just, well, not, I should, actually, I shouldn't say it's our diets. We, heart disease is a big issue. Also, um, I, I hate fried food. I enjoy fried food, but the thing is, is that like fried food is not unique. Any group of people around the world who has access to fucking cooking hot oil or grease to a, a high enough temperature like fried foods. Yeah, it's a cheap out. It's it's a cheap out. It's a cheap out. It's a che- it's exactly. Um, but 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 once again, like oh you know or, or like you know you'll see these videos of black people doing some new dance or whatever, and everybody will act like every new fu- twenty fucking dances will come out in a week. And everybody will be like, oh, yeah, let's learn every fucking new dance. Is it? Not all this shit is fucking cool. Thank you, like, it's the most dumb shit thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude, most of this shit is dumb. It's just that so, it's just that we get so ignored in other paths of life um, that so many motherfuckers gravitate towards what well, we have to get representation in the cultural and media sphere. So they do yeah. shit that's, so they over-focus on trying to become relevant in, in media and entertainment. Yeah. You know, but it's like I. But the thing I hate about that is, it's this. Oh well, a black person is chucking and jiving, or a black person is getting loud and whatever the fuck. So that must, you know, that must mean they're funny. That must mean they're interesting or they're cool. It's like no, it fucking doesn't. 
Yeah, you're, yeah, you're being the dominant voice in the room. You know, it's like some no, some motherfuckers are just corny and trying too hard and yep. really just not that unique. But they do get a they get a black pass. And I don't, you know, that shit's fucking annoying. And this is why I'm on the side of we have to normalize blackness at different levels so that yep. way so that way we can avoid this shit. Yep, 100%. You know, but yeah, but yeah, good. man. Good talk. I'm yeah, gonna, good talking to you. I'm going to leave you with a, with a southern saying. Mm. Be rude. Be tuned. Most importantly, always be kind. Be rude and be tootin' and most important, be kind. <laughs> How have I never heard that one? Uh, I just, I, I don't know. You, I, just I, it, you just made it up? Yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to come up with an excuse? Well, I'm going to leave you with this, and this is taken from Tim Black. Stay black, motherfuckers. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah. yeah damn right. Yeah. All right, man. All right. <laughs> All right, take it easy, brother. This has been episode 10 of the It's All Relative podcast. Like, share, comment. Give a fuck, because uh, I give a fuck about you on occasion. All right? All right. All right. Holla at you later, bro. All right, bro. Bye. Yeah, peace.